my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. This is Sports Rage. Sirius XM, Channel 159. Sports Good Radio Networks will welcome our AM radio affiliates back uh, momentarily. It just doesn't make any sense what baseball is doing. There's no need for it. It wasn't like, you know what? Oh, yeah, we really have a problem with the sport of baseball. We really need to do something. You know, if anybody needs an intervention, it's the NBA. They're the ones that need an intervention, not baseball. The NBA, the NBA, the NBA. <laughs> They're the ones that need to sit down and say, listen, we've got a lot of problems, all right? And yeah, we're making money, but we're actually angering fans. That's the difference. That's the difference. And another thing is, too, like, who asked, like, did you actually ask people to go to the games? As I stated, you pay, like, baseball games aren't cheap, some of the in big cities. If I'm going to you know I mean I'm going to the Yankees and the Dodgers game in June, June first, second there, that series there. I don't want the game I don't want to go all the way there and the game is like, you know, oh the game was two hours. It's like paying if you if you're a Metallica fan, the Metallica you know, they the Metallica come every two years or whatever, three years, like the Yankees come once a year, the Dodgers come once a year. Do you like wouldn't you want the game? No. Like real fans actually go, Man, this would be cool if this game went to extra innings. Like, who the hell wants to, you know what I mean, go to a concert? Yeah, yeah, I hope it's short. I hope it's really, really fast. You know, even though we're going to take all my money. So let me ask you guys, too. Let me, I'm speaking to you, Major League Baseball owners. So now that you're short in the game and it's like six minutes off the clock, you bastardize the rules to save six minutes or whatever, are you, do we get 6%? Do we pay 6% less? No, right? So you pay the same or you pay more, but now you're going to give people less of a product. And another thing is, it's not going to save any time in the end because, you know, you've changed everything so much. There's going to be a million home runs, and it's going to take forever anyways. <laughs> so, and nobody cares if it takes forever. And I'll be honest with you. I don't, you know, I had no problem. I, but at the same point in time, I have bitched over the years and complained about, like, a Yankee-Red Sox game taking six hours on Saturday afternoon. 
But we don't change the sport, the rules, because two teams suck and want to just get into a slugfest. I've always said it, whatever. American League Baseball is for slow people. And then you, you, you already did that. You already took away the National League chess match. You stupefied things. Like, you can't get any... Like, what do you want to do? It's not TikTok. It's baseball. All right? It's not a viral video for 12-year-olds. People that watch baseball don't want to eat Tide Pods. And maybe if baseball is too complicated and slow for you, it's not for you. The late night anger management class. This is sports rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi. The pencil players, the hustlers, the people to bust them, and everybody else in between. I can't get off this baseball stuff. Uh, Ian Cameron will join us in a couple of moments. We'll get into uh, the overnight NHL card. We'll talk a little XFL football. But uh, yeah, Manny Machado signs an 11-year, $350 million contract extension with San Diego. San Diego are stacked. Yet this, these rules and this pitch clock and just everything else that they're throwing at everybody, like all at once, is beyond stupid. And as I stated, there's still time to say, you know what, this is stupid, and let's not do any of this. Let's not do any of this. There are no clocks in baseball. It's, it's, it's pretty simple. All right? Putting a, putting a clock in, in baseball is like putting tofu on pizza. Forget about pineapples. Did anyone ask for it? No, but you know what? We think this is what people want. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, does anybody, is anybody going to be suddenly interested in this now because it's a pitch clock? If you tell some kid, it is what it is, right? Look at, look at, like, um, look at tennis. Tennis doesn't change their sport and their rules because they say, you know what? We've got to get more, like, dumbasses watching us. And the other thing is, like, baseball's numbers were already good. Like, none of this, it doesn't make any sense. It does nothing to help the game. And and also, too, so, like, you're, if you're a fan, you want the game. You want to see it, but you know what I mean? You want to see the team play. You, you know what I mean? This team comes once a year. And what about the television networks as well? They're paying enormous amounts of money to broadcast these games. I'm talking about local networks and stuff, all right? And even the national networks. They're doing it so they have programming. So what? Like, I'm going to pay you the same amount of money, but now you're gonna your games are like half an hour shorter. So I get half an hour less worth of content for the same amount of money? Like, well, I'm surprised that networks didn't say, whoa, 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 you're not slowing anything down. The longer the game is, the more revenue we make with more commercials that we have. Like, I don't understand how any of this was approved. By anybody. I hate you all. This is Sports Rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. In the house, let's talk some XFL football, NHL hockey, and more. Ian Cameron steps up and in, A.K. Babano, one of the ice guys. Babano, always a pleasure. Welcome to the program. Let's do this thing. How you doing tonight? I'm doing uh, very good, uh, Marenzi. Uh, and like I say, NFL season's now history, but no shortage of things to talk about on a busy sports weekend. So XFL football week two has now uh, concluded. There's eight teams, of course, in the XFL, three of them remain undefeated uh, right now. The D.C. Defenders, the St. Louis Battlehawks, and I think the team that has proven or at least shown through the first uh, two weeks that they are the best football team in the XFL. The Houston Roughnecks, very impressive victory tonight against the Arlington Renegades. The Oddsmakers had the Renegades as the preseason favorites, as the best team in the XFL, and uh, Houston beat them, and quite frankly, would have beaten them even more convincingly if not for uh, turning the football over three times in the first half. Houston wins 23-14. Game stays under the number. Roughnecks cover the minus five. Yeah, I think when you look at the undefeated teams, there's no question who the best of the three undefeated teams are. It's Houston. The eye test tells you it's Houston. They're sound on both sides of the football. They don't make mistakes. They don't have as many penalties or turnovers so far this year. They've done so much good. And Wade Phillips and his coaching staff have done a nice job. They've got a nice thing going with McDonald and Brandon Silvers using both of their quarterbacks to great effect. You know, and they look like the best team right now. There's no question about that. And Arlington was fortunate they were in that game because the offense barely got 100 total yards today. Uh, against Houston. So they look like the best team. The other two teams, I've got my doubts about how good they are, even though they haven't lost yet. DC, you know, Vegas has flaws. Last week, Seattle turned the ball over a ton against DC, and DC took advantage. And I am not convinced St. Louis is all that good, even though they're 2 0. They kind of lucked their way into being 2 0. Again, Seattle turned the ball over against St. Louis. They stole a victory they probably shouldn't have gotten against San Antonio last week. So to me, I can't wait to bet against St. Louis next week. I think they're a fraudulent 2-0. Ian Cameron kicking it with us. I think Houston are better uh, 2-0 than those two teams are. But the thing with with St. Louis and D.C., all they really do is run the ball, right? They keep it incredibly simple. 
and they don't make mistakes. And other teams, there's a lot of mistakes in this league, right? That's the you know we, you, we talk about it all the time. Well, if, if they didn't turn the ball over, well, they're all Seattle's the number ball one over. exhibit A for that. Yeah, but they all do, right? That's just you know I mean that's that's who they are, and they're going to turn the ball over. So you know these teams that just keep it simple. They keep it simple. That's why they're winning. But I would agree with you. Like St. Louis. We clear best and we have a clear worst team. Uh, right now, Houston's the clear best team. Orlando's the clear worst team. They were a non-competitive again for a second straight week against uh, San Antonio. You got Terrell Buckley ripping the team in, a, in an interview uh, with ESPN during the game saying, we're not competing. We're not making plays. I mean, my gosh, uh, two weeks and we're already in dire straits right now with the Orlando Guardians. Yeah, well, he's not helping the situation, right? He can blame the players all he wants. He's obviously he's obviously not the right man to be leading this team because they're completely in one million percent unprepared. But, you know, this league is it's, you know, the teams that keep it simple and eliminate mistakes, they're going to win football games because, you know, you look at Vegas, Vegas turn the ball over every second time they, they have the football. Uh, Seattle are just a, a vicious train wreck. Orlando are a train wreck. You look at San Antonio, San Antonio, St. Louis, and D.C. are the three teams that keep it pretty simple and aren't bad. They'll win football games during this regular season because they don't make mistakes. But, you know, they don't, they're not as good as Houston. And I think Arlington are pretty good, but Arlington's offense is a major problem. They didn't score an offensive touchdown in week one. And, um, and once again, tonight, they only really scored points because Arlington kept uh, fumbling kickoffs. And um, and then there was another fumble with the running back. They literally turned the ball over three times. And as we saw, Arlington can only capitalize and get 14 points. It's pretty clear that the offense just is not working with Drew Plitt running it. It's time to put freaking uh, – I'm sick of Drew Plitt already after two games. And as someone with Arlington plus five in that game, I'm even more sick of Drew Plitt. Get – Kyle Sloater in there, Stoops. Will you please? This guy's a winner in spring football leagues in the past. He's got a great rapport with this. You brought in, you signed Sal Canella, who's got incredible chemistry with Kyle Sloater from previous iterations of spring football leagues. The two have played together on the same team. Enough with Drew Plitt. It's not working. He only completed 50% passes. Get Sloater in there next week, please, against Orlando. If he, they put Sloater in the game next week against Orlando at quarterback, they'll murder that Guardians team because they're so bad. So it's up to Bob Stoos. Make the move. I think we need to see Kyle Sloter next week. I think they'll murder Orlando no matter who the quarterback is, to be honest. And that's that might be a problem, actually, because they're going to beat – they're going to beat – listen, man, good teams are turning the ball over against Arlington. Arlington's defense is very good. I think, like I said, I think Arlington's right there. Houston clearly are the best team in this league and it's not just because of the oh well they're two and zero. It's just you see the crispness, the the efficientness, their how well coached they are. They don't make as many mistakes as these other teams uh, do. Um, Houston, let's not forget too. Houston were undefeated last time uh, the XFL was playing. They had a five and zero record before things shut down, and PJ Walker was lighting up the league. So here they are right now with a very convincing start so far. Interesting slate next week, as we mentioned, St. Louis and DC are two of the remaining three undefeated teams, but they're playing against each other. So someone's going to be two and one next, uh, next week. And someone's going to be three and oh between St. Louis and DC. I think DC, one thing we'll say about DC, AJ McCarron, Babano has made plays in the fourth quarter in both games. And that's the one thing that they have that they know. And he's having fun. He's engaged in this league. 
they, at least they know, listen, if we keep this game close, AJ's going to make some plays. Him and Prohl have a great chemistry, and Prohl gets open all the time. So St. Louis at D.C., Orlando at Arlington, San Antonio at Houston uh, next week. And somebody's going to finally win a freaking football game between the Seattle Sea Dragons and the Vegas Vipers. Seattle, <laughs> go to Vegas uh, next week. Yeah, someone's got to win that game. I'll tell you what. That's a tricky one just because the reason I say this about Seattle is because they're an 0-2 team where everything looks so good in terms of the stats. And it's, we've seen these teams in other sports. and other We talk about it all the time. The stats look good. Their yardage numbers look good, yards per play and all that stuff. But they keep making these boneheaded, critical, game-killing mistakes at horrible times, Seattle. It happened in both of those games. And mistakes will cost you wins and they'll cost you point spread covers as well uh, and they did in seattle's two losses to begin the season against dc and st louis so you know if they eradicate the turnovers they can win these games they could have won both of those games without the critical turnovers and ben denucci forcing the football and fumbling snaps which he's done multiple weeks so eliminate the mistakes it, look if, if you could say to me gabe seattle's going to play clean football next week i'll say i'll bet seattle but i don't know that i don't know if they're going to play clean football because i haven't seen them play clean football in two games so far this season. So if you ask me which team's going to make fewer mistakes and put themselves in a better position to win because of that, probably have to say Beth Vegas here. It's hard to trust as it is now. I mean, they're both 0-2. It's hard to trust uh, either team uh, right now. So to set the stage, that's Saturday night at 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock uh, local Vegas time. They actually had a good atmosphere in Vegas uh, yesterday despite the bad weather. I still and, think uh, Seattle's got a better roster and talent than the Vegas Vipers. I, I think, uh, God help me, I think I'd probably lean Seattle right now. But again, the mistakes are killing this team. If, if they don't have any, I think they're a better talent and better roster than Vegas. At least that's the way I see it if I graded the, grade out the rosters. So that game is at 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock uh, Pacific. Sunday, March 5th, uh, 1 o'clock Eastern, St. Louis and the D.C. Defenders. We've got the Orlando Guardians and the Arlington Renegades Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock. And then Sunday night, 8 o'clock uh, Eastern. So there's three games on Sunday next week. 1 o'clock, uh, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 8 o'clock. St. Louis, D.C., Orlando at Arlington, and then uh, San Antonio and uh, Houston. Doesn't Sunday that look like a Sunday NFL to you? 1 p.m., 4 p.m., and Sunday night football? Does to me. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got Saturday night football at uh, at seven o'clock. The late night anger management class continues. This is more trades, friggin'. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. 
Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. NHL trade deadline rapidly approaching, and it's sort of a trickle, uh, a trickle effect. It's kind of like a deal a day, which it's kind of been more active, to be honest, than it normally is in the National Hockey League when it comes to uh, trades. Normally, there's a ton of hype about the trade deadline in hockey circles, and then nothing happens. Um, this year, there's actually been quite a bit of stuff happening, but there'll be nothing left to happen by the time that we get to the trade deadline. Thatcher Demko. Vancouver Canuck goalie is now a player that's being talked about a lot in the in the uh, in the hockey circles in the hockey media. But let's get to the actual games, uh, Babano, as every game is critical right now in the National Hockey League. And of course, the trade deadline is around the corner, and it starts off in the Canadian capital Monday night. The Ottawa Senators and the Detroit Red Wings. Senators minus one forty-six favorites. Total six and a half. Red Wings plus one twenty-two. And uh, this is a Red Wing hockey team right now, 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Yeah, I'll be on Detroit here. I'm almost sure of it. Um, they're playing really good hockey. Don't be fooled by the 3 nothing. You're going to look at it. Oh, they played Tampa Bay. They couldn't hang with Tampa Bay. They lost 3 nothing. Couldn't be further from the truth. Vasilevsky stole that game. Shots were 24-10 to 10 for Detroit at one point uh, in that game. He was magnificent. He was making just in, some incredible saves. Detroit could add about four or five goals, but they ran into Vasilevsky on a bad night, who was a brick wall, and we know he's capable of that. That's why he's the best goalie in the world still. Uh, so don't fault Detroit for that. They played very good hockey. They had an excellent road trip, of course, out west. You know, Ottawa, you know, they beat Montreal. We'll give them that on Saturday. Very impressive, but they got shut out by Carolina the night before. Uh, I don't like them as a favorite. I like the way Detroit's playing. It seems, for me, pretty straightforward. If, if I'm betting this game, I'm looking at the uh, surging underdog, the Red Wings. You know what? I think Ottawa, Ottawa are erratic, right? Ottawa will win three games in a row and then lose four in a row. They're sort of all over the place. I just don't think, I think, you know, but you're right. Listen, Detroit have been playing good hockey. The line just seems a little strange that Ottawa are this, this big of favorites. Historically, for whatever reason, Ottawa have dominated. Yep. Uh, they've beaten them seven of the last nine times uh, that they've played. Um, as far as this year is concerned, they have played twice. Ottawa beat them 6-3 and then Detroit uh, beat them. 4-2, but I can't argue uh, Babano taking the Detroit Red Wings as well as they're playing right now, and as I stated, you can't, you know, it's just a strange number. I'm surprised that the Senators are this heavily favored um, against uh, Detroit. 7-2 in their last nine games, Detroit. I mean, it's been a great run. They're right back in the playoff race in the East. Ian Cameron uh, kicking with us. All right, that game is at uh, 7 o'clock Eastern, and uh, then we've got a lot of Central and West Coast uh, hockey. So the Vancouver Canucks and the Dallas Stars Two polar opposites of each other when it comes to handicapping in the sense that the Canucks are, you know, these guys, almost every one of their games goes over the number. It didn't against Boston, but they're, you know, one of the top over teams in the National Hockey League. And, um, and you know, Boston and Vancouver went under the number. Their goalie even scored a goal. But Vancouver actually played pretty well in that game. Now they get the Dallas Stars, who have been a big-time under team at Bano. FanDuel's got a six listed. Dallas are minus 260 which is insane. And as far as the puck line is concerned, Dallas minus one and a half, minus 105. 
Vancouver plus one and a half, minus 115. So Dallas, and I know my cohort on the Ice Guys show, Alex B. Smith, will sign off on me saying this. Alex is a very big draw better, and especially at this time of year, the draw, which is always plus 300 or better. That means if the game goes to overtime or a shootout, you cash your ticket. And he's been very good with these, and he's been betting a lot of Dallas games lately to go to overtime. Look, we, look at Dallas lately. They've been an overtime machine. Look at all the Dallas games that have gone past regulation. The Vegas game on Saturday for Dallas, that went to overtime. Six of uh, their last ten. Six of their last. Could you imagine if you bet the draw in all six of those games? You know, you'd be up a pretty penny right now because you're talking plus 300 or better with those draw bets. I think that's what I'd look at here, honestly. I mean, Dallas just doesn't win games comfortably right now. The games they do win, you know, they won 3-2 in a shootout against Anaheim, 4-1 against Minnesota, and I think they needed a couple empty net goals, uh, 3-2 in a shootout against Vegas. Vancouver's playing hard for Tockett. They're playing tough. You know, they took Nashville to a shootout. They took St. Louis. They beat St. Louis in overtime. Boston needed an empty net goal from the goaltender to put that game. That was a one-goal game. Why can't this game go to overtime? I think it might be worth a look. And look, they don't have a great defense still, Vancouver, but they found something with this young Latvian kid. You know, Delia's had a bad year. Spencer Martin struggled lately. But this Latvian kid that started a few games for them lately, Archer Silovs, you know, he hasn't played that bad for Vancouver. He actually played pretty good against Boston on Saturday night. So if Tockett rolls with him, I could see this being a pretty close game, even though Dallas, you'd think on paper, is the much better team. So I think I might roll the dice with the draw bet here, uh, an Alex B. Smith special. Vancouver 34 and 18 to the over. Dallas 36 and 19 to the under. Yeah, generally you see this in hockey or in basketball, it's the same thing. If you guys are wondering, what do you do when worlds collide? Fire and ice. Generally, the the teams that are bad on defense, they'll make everybody else better on offense. So you could say, well, you know, Dallas are better, so it would trend to the under more than the than the over since they can impose their will. But it's like, yeah, you could also argue, listen, yeah, Dallas are going to score though uh, as well. So um, Vancouver's beaten Dallas three straight times. I'm just seeing that now. So yeah, you know, they've had a tough time with the Canucks. Well, one of the best bets, and anybody that tunes into this show knows, we do it pretty much every Canuck game. I was smart enough not to do it against Boston because I want to mess with the Bruins, but I hit the first uh, period over one and a half, and that's all I took. But the the path to success for the Canucks, and it's been extremely profitable, is over one and a half in the first period, over in the game itself, and then the Canucks plus one and a half on the road because they're always like massive dogs. So like a classic example, you're getting the Canucks plus one and a half and minus 115. The total is six. And then the over one and a half in the first period at home. When the Canucks play, it's a little trickier because you go over one and a half in the first period, you take them to win the game, but it's hard to get them at home plus one and a half. And you can get burnt <laughs> expecting them to win the game. So that's when you go over in the game over uh, one and a half. But, and it's funny because they actually don't want to win. Fans are getting mad every time the Canucks actually get any more points because they want to get Connor Bedard, who actually happens to be not just, you know, the greatest prospect to come to the national hockey league, since like Wayne Gretzky, um, he also happens to be from Vancouver. All right, so speaking of Boston, uh, Boston Bruins just keep terrorizing everybody in the National Hockey League. Uh, Boston, minus 142 in Edmonton. Edmonton plus 118, a total of six and a half in this game, Abano. 830 Eastern as well. Yeah, this should be a, an interesting one. Boston, of course. Uh, it's funny that uh, it's been actually a road series where Boston won in Edmonton last year and then Edmonton won in Boston. I think the year before, same thing. Uh, Boston won in Edmonton and Edmonton won in Boston. This is the first meeting this year uh, between these two teams. 
you know, I think you've probably got to lean Boston. I mean, I, I do think Edmonton's going to give them a tough game because Edmonton's coming off the loss against Columbus. They didn't play very well defensively after they beat Pittsburgh down seven to two. They kind of fell flat. They weren't ready to play, and it was an early game, a twelve thirty p.m. Eastern start for a team out west. They had that same issue when they played Montreal on Super Bowl Sunday. It was that early game, and they lost that game too. So it was just a bad time, bad start time for a team out west, an early game in the east. But they're back home off a road trip, although it was a mini trip. It was only two games, Pittsburgh and Columbus, so it's not a huge deal. But, you know, I don't know if I want to go against Boston catching an Edmonton team coming off a mini two-game trip. Uh, They're playing well. They've won six in a row. My hope is Boston maybe wins tomorrow night, and then maybe when Edmonton plays in Boston later this season, uh, take Edmonton as a big dog because Edmonton's won in Boston. Boston's won in Edmonton. That's been the track record the last few years. Ian Cameron kicking it uh, with us. This one I'll simplify, Babano, without the word uh, the word salad. <laughs> yeah, how the hell do you get in front of the Boston Bruins? And they're only a buck forty, right? Yeah, that's, that's pretty. That's yeah, it. I'm not getting in front of them. And they have an off day in between the trip uh, for Vancouver and the Vancouver game that they played actually was in the afternoon in Vancouver, not even on Saturday night. So hard to believe that one, you know, the, the the most profitable team in the NHL over the last week and a half or so have been the Chicago Blackhawks, and they just keep doing it on a nightly basis. And speaking of overtime, three of their last five games have gone to overtime, and they're on a five-game win streak uh, right now. Patrick Kane keeps scoring every night because he's trying to get traded, and he's trying to let other teams know uh, that he can play elite hockey, and it definitely, definitely helped. I mean, the market for him is definitely heated up because of how well he's played. And it's like the last, you know, the last dance, so to speak, last dance light uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks right now. But they're riding a five-game win streak, which is pretty insane, Babano. And every game, they're like massive, massive underdogs. This one, they're just plus 114 in. Yeah, but uh, don't ignore Anaheim's little streak. Two-game win streak against Washington and Carolina. and Two pretty good hockey teams they beat, but... They were totally dominated in both games. The 4-2 win over Washington and Ovechkin's return. Shots were 43-21 to for Washington. And then a 3-2 win against Carolina on Saturday night for the Ducks. You think, what a plus 408 underdog they were. 53-15, to though, were the shots for Carolina. It was John Gibson stole two points. John Gibson stole a win for Anaheim against Carolina. I, I like Chicago here. I do because as much as they won those two games, that was all goaltending, stealing the two victories. They're back home off a road trip. They had a four-game trip through Florida, Tampa, Washington, Carolina. They're back home just a day in between Carolina, long flight back to Anaheim. Chicago's already out on the West Coast. Chicago lost a tough one in overtime to Anaheim in Chicago just a couple of weeks ago. I think it sets up well to take Chicago here. They're riding a five-game win streak. I think the Blackhawks and a bad spot for Anaheim. Long road trip back home. One of these bizarre also dominations when these two teams played each other. The Chicago Blackhawks have beaten the Ducks eight of the last nine times that they played, except um, the last time that they played, it went to overtime and the Ducks beat them uh, 3-2. All right, Babano, we've only got about 30 seconds uh, here. What do you think about uh, Vegas and Colorado? I don't want to step in front of the abs right now. They're playing their best hockey. That was a great win against Calgary uh, in control. Back-to-back against the Jets and the Flames. Five straight wins for them. Uh, Vegas is off a shootout loss to Dallas, 3-2. But uh, I think Colorado wants to win this one. And uh, Vegas got them in early January. But Colorado was depleted then. They're fully healthy now. Probably be Colorado for me, minus 140. Thanks, Ian Cameron, for kicking in with us. The late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. Bring it. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Nobody wants to hear the nonsensical ravings of a loudmouth malcontent. Gabriel Morenzi, this is Portrage. Sirius XM Channel 159. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio, SoCal in the house. So uh, earlier in the day, a lot of stuff uh, went on today. First things first, actually, um, we'll get to this tomorrow on Game Time Decisions because both me and the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart, both had Christian Kirk. To win the Honda Classic, 34 to 1, baby. 34 to 1. Normally, hey, you open up the show talking about a 34 to 1. I hate to admit it, but I might have a problem, actually. <laughs> I might have a problem. You know what's bad when I won a 34 to 1 bet today? And I didn't bring it up. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, did I? Oh, yeah. Okay, I guess. Uh, I think I'm getting desensitized. I'm like, yeah, okay. And as I stated, I know. Um, it was a good thing I won the 34 to 1 bet today because the XFL, a little rougher in week two, but we're really going to crush it in week three. I figured there's some things out here. But yeah, yeah, we had Kirk today. So I like Kirk. Cam liked uh, Kirk. And we had Kirk top 20. And we had Kirk to win. Except the thing is, I forgot. For whatever reason, like I, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I've been sort of this weekend's been one of these deals where I bet something. I'm like, dude, do you already have this or you don't or whatever. Like, 
right? Or I bet that I bet a lacrosse game the other day and I got the city wrong where the game was. Like, I've, you know, I've been winning a lot too. So I've sort of been, you know, I've been on sort of a gambling bender over the last couple of weeks. I keep on crushing this FIBA stuff. And in fact, and in fact, like, um, I think we've only had one loss because we won again today. We had Canada today against Venezuela, and Canada won. Like, we're just killing it. Actually, I didn't check in. Oh, man, speaking of which, see, that's what I'm talking about. Exactly, this is exactly, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm not going to win this bet. Like, I got action on a game I don't even know. We laid the points of New Zealand. New Zealand's not going to cover. They're only up by six. Man, it's a high-scoring game. They're only up by six right now, 97-91 against Lebanon. As long as we're looking at this, we might as well check in and see if there's anything else coming up uh, here. Man, these these games just keep going and going and going. So, yeah, there is, actually. I was actually. hard today, Gabe, in the FIBA world, Gabe. I was taken out today with Cameroon. I kept riding them until they went cold today. I got to say, it was a massive disappointment. But we did recover. We still recovered with other teams today, Gabe. The FIBA is still holding up strong. Yeah, it's been an epic run. I didn't ever want to jinx it or anything. I don't even know. I'm actually thinking. I don't know if I've lost. Actually, no, I did. I no. I this is gonna. This might be my first loss. Last night, people are starting to panic, and I'm under pressure now because people are sending me tweets. Hey, Marenzi, what do you think of this game and that game and stuff? And the numbers are really whacked, man. Like the numbers are whacked. I posted overnight. I said, "Oh man, am I killing this stuff?" I was like 14 and one or 14 and 0 or something like that. And uh, I said, "For the record, I like China coming up next." And China was laying 10 and a half, and I fell asleep. And I woke up, and the game had, I got in way in advance on it. I woke up, and I had a bunch of tweets about, do you still like it at 12 and a half and 14 and a half and stuff? I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, uh, but I ended up blasting them, but it was a slow start, and I ended up covering. It's been one after another, but man, we're about to bite the bullet, so who cares about the past? India and Saudi Arabia coming up. Hmm. India and Saudi Arabia. One thing, if you recall, I, I sent Matthias a text uh, message, actually. I, I tweeted the pick, but, like, I've dug deep into this stuff, and you got to realize some teams have already clinched, right? So this is where it gets tricky now, right? So it's like, okay, like, did, did, you know what I mean? What's the motivation? Are they trying to play for this or that? Like, a good example is, like, South Sudan. That was the weirdest and wrongest number ever. Like, South Sudan were laying 28-and-a-half against Congo. Yet Congo were like a money line pick them against Cameroon, who were good. And I was like, what the hell? Because South Sudan routed a couple of teams earlier in the week. And so what? The thing is, though, South Sudan actually clinched their spot. They were in. So, like, South Sudan were literally, like, they punched their ticket and it's the first time they've ever made the World Cup of basketball. So they were all fired up and partying. And, you know what I mean? It was a big accomplishment. And then the next night, they're laying 28 and a half. They barely won the game. They did win, but they barely won. Like, they didn't come close to covering type of thing. Um, they didn't come close to covering. I think they won by seven or six or nine or something. And as 28 and a half point favorites. So these numbers are kind of getting whacked. Uh, Victor, um, when's France? Was that earlier today? When the hell is that? I get confused. There's so many of these games. And I'm mixed up. They're they mixing them up here between the FIBA this and FIBA that. Didn't, didn't the French play Lithuania today and the Italians played the, the Spain Spanish? Yeah, all right. So it was earlier. 
All right. Um, France won. France, uh, France won the game. France topple. See, so they won. They won Group uh, Group K. It's going to be a lot of fun watching this, huh? Wembenyama had 15 points uh, today in their um, in their victory. They won the group. That's what I'm saying. Like they basically already had the group. Like I think, like they've been pretty dominant. They won 70 to 63. And speaking of dominance, Canada, 10 and one. Canada, 10 and one, beat uh, Venezuela tonight. That was a, that was a nice win for Canada. USA is now nine and two in Group F. Canada is in first place in Group E at ten and one, ahead of the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Argentina, the Bahamas, and Panama. There's South Sudan. I didn't realize South Sudan are actually eleven and one. These guys are rolling, bro. <laughs> These guys, the South Sudanese man. So is this Sudan, and now they're called South Sudan or something like that? Because there was never any South Sudan before. But anyways, um, so yeah, this stuff's a lot of fun. And it's basketball to bet on. So coming up later is India and Saudi Arabia. India are, laying 15 and, uh, are getting 15.5 against Saudi Arabia. Total is 148.5. The Philippines have been good to us. The Philippines are minus 10.5 against Jordan. Did Jordan wear Air Jordans? They kind of have to, huh? Uh, 168.5. So listen, I wanted to get to um, I wanted to get to the, uh, the the Tommy Fury Jake Paul stuff a little bit, and you know I don't take it seriously. It's for recreational purposes and all this. Tommy Fury is not going to have any impact. Well, listen, he's only a kid still. He's twenty four, so whatever. But it wasn't. You know what I mean? This was. It's a step up from celebrity boxing. It's boxing. You know what I mean? It was. It was a. You know, it, it is what it is. But I'm not going to troll. I'm not going to troll Jake Paul or come after, oh, hey, you lost, ha, 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 and all this, oh, you big smack talker and all this. I don't care what ring you're getting into, what endeavor you're getting yourself into. When you put yourself out there like that, right, you're not going to win every time. So I actually respect him. I, I mean, I've earned respect over this journey with Jake Paul. At first, if you recall, too, and I'm not up to date with, like, YouTube stars and all this, but... You know, they were pretty annoying before, right? Like, they weren't boxing. They weren't in the WWE and stuff. They just were annoying people on YouTube. So, for him to, you know what I mean, put his money where his mouth is, promote his own fights, start a sports book, like, you know what I mean? Like, from a business perspective, their energy drink is lighting it up. Like, from a business perspective, you got to tip your cap to the guy. And I'm not going to troll him for losing. And, oh, my, what an embarrassment. But at the same point in time, I'm also not going to anoint Tommy Fury as the next great thing or anything like that. They should fight again. Listen, Paul set it up. Paul paid the bills, and Paul put it in, you know, there's a rematch uh, clause. So I think people actually would watch it again only because there would be a lot at stake for Paul. Like if Paul lost again, then it would be hard to, like, just say, you know what I mean? You know, the fight game is is like that. You, you, know, you only have so many losses. But it is all about entertainment. And for the record, Nate Diaz is now calling out Logan. Right, so there's there's going to be money to be made. The Pauls aren't going away or anything like that. 
I don't take offense to it, but I don't get like, you know what I mean? I don't like, oh my God, this is he's so good and all this. I will, you know, it is a little comical though. Cause at one point Tommy Fury was minus sixteen hundred in this fight. So he and that was in like the fourth round or fifth round or something. He and when whenever when Jake Paul lost, got deducted a point. And it went to minus sixteen hundred. And it was funny. Because the play-by-play guy who could not be, like, more Michael Cole than Michael Cole, the play-by-play guy goes, unbelievable, they did, Jake Paul is deducting a point. Who knows what this can mean on the judges' cards and what is a super close fight. It's like, bro, like, the sportsbook's half furious, 6 minus 1,600 right now. <laughs> like, they, 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 they were like, oh, it's going back and forth and stuff. And no, it wasn't going back and forth. You know what? Fear, um... Jake Paul did land some shots. He did knock him down. You know, it was sort of a half knockdown slip, but he knocked him down. You know what I mean? It was sort of like, you know what I mean? If it was a street fight, and I don't know if you saw him at this, but if it was a street fight, it was like it would it would have went on forever. It was one of those deals where it would have went on forever, but one dude was, you know, getting the better of the other guy, but the other guy, you know, not enough to knock the other guy out, like, and not enough to make the other guy stop, right? It was one of those deals, right? Like, Paul would land one shot, Fury would land two or three, boom, boom, boom. And then Paul, every once in a while, Paul would land a pretty big punch. You know, like he said, like, he didn't get, like, he didn't get embarrassed or anything like that, but for people that are out there, and I saw some people in our chat, oh, I don't know if they're just trolling or whatever. Who knows? It's hard to tell who's a troll and who isn't nowadays. But that Jake Paul got robbed or anything like that, no. Right? Like, basically, look, Tyson uh, Tyson Fury's brother, and Tyson was there enjoying himself. Um, all the Tysons were there, actually. <laughs> um, he, landed, he landed 49 power shots. All right, so like you know, forty-nine power shots landed. Jake Paul landed forty-nine punches in the entire fight. Jake Paul threw one hundred and fifty-seven punches in in the uh, in the eight rounds. He landed forty-nine of them. Tommy Fury threw three hundred and two punches and landed eighty-eight of them. And as we stated, as far as clean power shots, clean, boom. 49 power shots for Tommy Fury, 24 for Jake Paul. The judges got it right. This is sports rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program. 
the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Quickest 108 minutes of Sports Talk Radio. This is Sports Ridge. I am Ramsey. Thanks to all of our guests, Jason B. Takafin, Mo Khan, Ian Cameron. We'll be back uh, tomorrow at 6 o'clock Eastern on Sirius XM Channel 159 with all your best bets um, as far as the NBA, college basketball, NHL, hockey is concerned. Wild night uh, tonight in the association. And Damian Lillard scored 71 points tonight. And he said after the game, that he had never been drug tested in his t- entire career. Uh, but uh, he got drug tested tonight. First time ever. Probably because of the plane video. <laughs> to be honest, more than anything. <laughs> I think, I don't know, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of bizarre and random and stuff that they would test them immediately following after. Uh, after he dropped 71. But I don't think that uh, Adam Silver like called the drug testers and said, oh, you know what, you better test them because you just scored 71 points. This stuff does happen uh, more randomly uh, than people realize and or actually more planned, I should say. I remember I was in a Major League Baseball clubhouse like in the steroid era and... They used to know when, like, basically, it wasn't like every player got tested. It was, like, random. So it would be like, all right, we're going to randomly show up in the room and randomly test, like, three guys, like, five times a year or whatever. Except they would know, like, before. And, you know, I'm not saying it would be it's harder to do now, but it would, remember, like, Vanderlei Silva did it, actually. Remember when they showed up and he hid under the he hid in his in his own gym? He just tried to wait it out. I saw firsthand the expos used to just send everybody out. Like basically everybody that was on steroids would leave. And they would leave like ten guys in the room that weren't on steroids, and those three guys would get tested. And the guys that were on steroids were conveniently never in the room whenever the tester showed up. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.